Today on The Breakdown, it's a prize fight. All the money in the world is on the line. It's the biggest tournament of all time. And in this corner, we have the Baltimore Bruiser, the greatest of all time, the number one money winner in history, the Ed Hardy Horror, the Brooklyn Basher, Bryn Kenny! And in the other corner, it's Chinway Lim. <laughs> they play a hand that we're going to break down right now on the podcast. It is going to blow your mind. Well, it's pretty crazy anyway. We're going to do it right now. Cue the music. Let's go. <laughs> You didn't like that? Yeah, that, no, that was that's good. What what's the problem? No, no, I liked it. It's unconventional, bro. I'm just I'm I'm looking at the notes because you you decided to write down the things you wanted to say about Bryn Kenny. I was gonna forget. And you wrote Balt Bus Goat Ed Hardy Horror Brooklyn Basher. Yeah, the bar the bar it was supposed to be the Baltimore Bruiser, and I almost forgot it because I didn't write enough of the word bruiser. I just yeah. wrote bruise or something. You wrote, you wrote bus. Bus, yeah. yeah. So I was like, that'll be fine. But then I got into, you know, I want to be able to do that, you know, like the way th- the guy does it, you know, whatever the dude is like, let's get ready to stumble or whatever. You can't even do that. I think that you got to be careful. I can't even say stumble. Probably it's okay, but I would be careful. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that in the opening to protect us. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. Because you can get sued for that. The guy's made millions suing people for that. John Buffer, is that his name? Bruce Buffer Bruce is his Buffer. brother. And then this. Oh, Michael Buffer, I think, is the one who oh, actually okay. has the copyright. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I think Michael Buffer only listens to the openings, so we're probably safe. We're fine. Yeah, he probably doesn't listen Come to on. that. Come on. Yeah. I said stumble anyway. The Ed Hardy Horror. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I was going to do something with the sunglasses, too, but we were about to start, and I didn't really have time, so I just rolled on. This is the most prepared I've ever been, by the way, for an opening, is I actually wrote out <laughs> yeah. some things... That I could refer to so I could do that like quickly. Because I was like, oh, it'd be cool to do like a boxing thing. The Assassin and Aviators. Something like that. It's, a, it's almost too good. <laughs> I need too, it to be too high quality. Yeah, I need it to be a little worse than that. Yeah. You know, the Sunglass Sinner. No, that's not good. Yeah. But, you know, this is what I'm saying. This is why I didn't do it. The Sunglass <laughs> Sinner. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the Wayfarer. What? Then you got to come up with someone with a W. I mean, who's gonna, what, do, what can you call Winner. With? No, that's terrible. <laughs> the winner in Wayfarers. That's pretty good, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The goat in green. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard. That's why I wrote some stuff down. But yeah, truly, it's the most prepared I've ever been for an opening. And, you know, you laughed at the joke. I had a joke with the, you know, say a lot about one guy, nothing about the other. You yeah. laughed. It was pretty good. No, was, yeah. I mean, and that is... The amount that each of these people deserve based yeah. on their poker reputations and skills. Like Chinway Lim, his reputation is mostly based on us having done a breakdown about him. <laughs> I think that's right. And the amount of product he puts in his yeah. hair, obviously. He puts yeah. a lot of product in his hair. Yeah. Aveda is loving that guy, but, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, we did a hand with Chinway Lim a couple months ago against Kerry Katz where yeah. we were quite certain Chinway Lim overvalued his hand on the river and got Kerry Katz to fold a slightly better hand. There was some speculation on the Discord that maybe Chin was actually bluffing which doesn't make any sense. Brian does not agree with said speculation. Do you? No. <laughs> no. But you are, you know, you're violent about it. I'm, I'm friendly about it. That's the difference. You're, I'm digestible. 
you're just all hooks. I'm and just digesting. All hooks and fucking meat and fucking blood. It's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> no one needs to know. Uh, that's good for you because <laughs> you certainly don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Chumway Lim, we believe, is just kind of like a rich guy. One of the many yeah. who played in this biggest ever buy-in event, which we've done many, many uh, videos and podcasts on recently because they just released the whole event for the first time. Two years after it was finished, I think they had just streamed the final table before, right? And now they're yes. doing like full episodes. That's right. They turned it into a 10-episode produced thing, which seems to be doing pretty well. And we get a lot of, we get a lot of uh, suggestions on it. So there's some good hands, obviously. We're playing for very high stakes. Well, yeah. So Bryn Kenny is still the number one guy on the money list. How much is he ahead of number two Justin Bonomo by? $1.2 million. Incorrect. Uh, about half a million dollars. Wow. Once again, pretty close, though. You were pretty close. So Bonomo is likely to, to surpass him soon because Bonomo's been on a bit of a streak. He's not. We were talking about this before the podcast. If it weren't for Michael Adamo's current streak, Bonomo, on his second streak of his career, would probably be getting a little more talked about. Well, if he'd been winning some of these things, he'd been finishing second, and for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he'd actually be winning them, of course, because right. everything would be different. But, I mean, he's had at least two seconds to Adamo recently in the 300K and then in the 50K World Series event that yeah. just happened as well. Um, so, yeah, Bonomo doing very well. As I said, half a million dollars back. Third place is? Third place is Daniel Negreanu? Eric Seidel, actually. Oh. Interesting. Daniel Negreanu, not in the top 10. Really? Daniel Negreanu, not in the top 21? Is it possible? I think you must be missing him. I am not. Are you sure? I'm going to have to look him up. This is very confusing. I'm going to guess you're not sure because <laughs> he's definitely in the top 20. I'm almost certain of it. It's so confusing. Here's the top 20. We'll just do it all. Bryn Kenny, Justin Bonomo, Eric Seidel. Okay. David Peters, Dan Smith, Kerry Katz. David Peters is four. Yeah, $38 million. Oh. Dan Smith, Kerry Katz, sorry. Jason Kuhn, Phil Ivey, Steve O'Dwyer, Dan Coleman. That's your top 10. Okay. Antonio Esfandiari, Jake Schindler, Ike Haxon, Phil Helmuth Jr. at 14 now. He's had a little bit of a run lately. Scott Seaver, Brian Rass, Nick Petrangelo, Jason Mercier, Will, William Alex Foxen, and Sean Winter makes out the top 20. Daniel Negreanu not to be found. I don't, I don't believe it. I think that... You know what? He's not on this list at all. Yeah, that's he must what it have is. asked to be like removed from it that, or something. That's what it is. Because, yeah, he's a, top, he's a top 10 guy for sure, if not Maybe a top, top five. five guy. Maybe ahead of Seidel. I don't know. 38 million? I don't know if he's that high. I, I feel like I remember the number 40 for him. Really? Yeah. He finished second in the one drop to Dan Coleman, didn't yeah. he? So that was a lot of money. Yeah. That was probably like $8 million bucks right there. It was there. 10 Was it? Yeah. Well, okay. Anyway, Seidel is third, according to the Hendon mob. Uh, how much money has he won? Since you know David Peters won $38 million, it makes it a little easier. He was but, fourth. Yeah, he was fourth. And how, Ken, the question Kenny, is, Kenny, Kenny and Bonner are like neck and neck. They're like at $56 million-ish or something like 56 that? 56 and 55 Okay. So then I think Seidel's probably won like 43 38 3. He oh. is less than twenty thousand, less than thirty thousand dollars ahead of David Peters. Wow. So we got neck and neck for one and two and neck and neck for three and four. It's but kinda a, cool. A long way between those. Actually, Dan Smith is also at thirty seven six. He's he's less than a million behind uh, third place as well. Wow. So there is some serious like a lot could happen in the World Series that could just like shake these lists up a little bit anyway. Yeah. Like new a new top five. You know, obviously these players would still be in there, but in a different order. I'm sure it matters to them. Probably doesn't matter to anybody else. No, really. and it doesn't really mean you're that good. I mean, no. obviously these plays are all very good that we're yeah. talking about. So there's some correlation certainly between skill and all-time money. But if I were to draft players to play in a tournament right now, Michael Dama would be pick number one, and he's not anywhere near this list, right? 
He was not in the top 20, as we saw. I could look him up, but definitely not in the top 20. Dan Negreanu. Oh, you know what? This is interesting. So Negreanu was just... Oh, it's the U.S. I was looking at the U.S. all-time money list. Oh, that makes more sense. That screws up everything. Yeah, he's third all-time. I'm sorry. I hit the wrong button. He's third all-time with $44 million. I knew it. You were right. You were right. Eric Seidel is fourth. David Peters is fifth. Everyone else remains, basically, in the orders. Everyone else is from the U.S. until you get to Stephen Chidwick in seventh. Feder Holtz in tenth. Nikita Badzikowski in 13th, Timothy Adams in 18th, Vogel Sang in 20th. Everyone else is there. So mostly Americans, but I did screw up the whole thing. You did. You really fucked it so up. So we wasted everyone's time, but it was an interesting way to, to move we, around. We walked the flowery path. Yep. And you know what? You stuck to your guns. You said you thought Negrano was third in the 40s. You were right. You're often right about the Hennon stuff. It's like you're, you got a weird thing going on. I don't that. know why. I have, I have You're like Rain Man, but just for the hundred. Yeah, well, there's certain number of stuff that I remember well. I'm pretty good with fluid ounces for some reason. Too. Really? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. I just like know how many fluid ounces are in different types of bottles pretty quickly. It's because of all the beer you've drunk. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah, it helps. So, like, if you see a bottle, you'll know. I don't. I don't even. Typically, understand. yeah. So it's like I'm like this bottle, and you're like 22, something like that. Yeah. Okay. That's probably true for a lot of alcoholics, though. Not just oh, thanks. You. <laughs> thanks. That's really nice. <laughs> what is that a put down now? It's, I, think, a, I think socially considered a put-down, yeah. To say someone's an alcoholic? Isn't it just a statement of fact or in, either it's correct or incorrect? Okay. Well, I'd like to claim it to be incorrect. Oh, okay. How about that? Sure. You're welcome to do that. There, so so I'm, <laughs> I'm the asshole is what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Okay. Why, why wouldn't you be the asshole? Um, I don't know. Hooks and maybe, maybe something that I'm going to have to blood. cut. Maybe something I'm going to have to cut from a future podcast that we put out that... Uh, that we recorded last week is just like, if I could just put that out there, everybody like, oh, Jonathan is the asshole. Yeah, that, you know, you're not going to win a lot of hearts and minds by saying there's a thing that no one's heard, but I'm telling you, trust me, Jonathan said right, you've convinced you me. Like. You've convinced me to release it then. <laughs> Go for it. I don't care. I care the least. You, you won't care until you get canceled, and then you care. Mm-hmm. You're more obsessed with that stuff than I am. Let's obsessed? move on. Yeah, you're obsessed <laughs> you, with being canceled. What's, what's with you today? <laughs> How am I any different today than any Every, other day? You have like this. It's not like <laughs> okay. There's some days where I come in and it's like, oh, Jonathan's fucking raging, raging hot seat right now, and he's yeah. like angry about everything. It's not that. No, you just like you turned on the dismissive switch. Is what uh, you did. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. It feels fun today. I don't know. It's just amusing. That's all. It's I'm not just, fun for me. I'm just being dismissive because it's funny. There's no other reason. Just so you know, there's nothing else behind. Oh, it. people love that. I think the audience likes it. Why do you think they keep tuning in? They don't tune in for the... See, here we go again. They don't tune in for your intelligence. They tune in for me to be like, eh. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's this, this is the rapport that people love. Here it is. All right, so let's change... Monetize that. Let's, yeah. let's talk more about these uh, high okay. rollers, because I, yeah. I always think it's interesting to compare the different top-tier high roller guys. Cool. So is Adamo your number one pick if, if we're playing a 300K right now? Of course he is. He has to be, right? Where's Bryn Kenny? Because there have been times that he might have been in contention for number one pick, but I don't think in fall 2021 he's in that contention. He Okay, well, I, the, best, the easiest thing to do is talk about guys who are clearly ahead of him, right? Bonomo. Bonomo's a million percent ahead of him. I'm putting Chidwick ahead of him. Yeah. I feel very comfortable Greenwood? doing that. I don't know. We haven't heard from Greenwood in a long time. I, my instinct is to put Greenwood ahead of him, but I don't know if that's correct. Yeah. Um, I feel like David Peters has to be ahead of him. Probably. Um, Jason Kuhn? Ooh, yes, but I'm not sure if I'm right. I feel like pretty sure about all those other ones. I'm not sure if I'm right about Kuhn. Um, other, cont- other guys in contention, but I don't know about are Vogel saying, Mikita Badzikowski, Jake Schindler. Negreanu? 
I would take Bryn Kenny. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah. Dan Smith? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a maybe. I put him below Bryn Kenny, but I mean, what if Federer suddenly is like, I'm playing? You might have to take Federer. I would, as long as I knew he was doing work, you know, he was yeah. like for the last few years, like studying at all, I'd, pay, I'd take Federer. But if I didn't, if I didn't know that, I guess I'd, I'd feel forced. Like, to take obviously, this is all speculation because it's so hard to parse what actual skill is of at these levels. But like, I think that there's reasonable cases to be made for for people like Igor Kurganov over Bryn Kenny, yeah, and um, and I even mean, like even like Timothy Adams. You we know? didn't mention Alex Foxen, who's right. been in the top five GPI for years, right? Like. How is he not ahead of Bryn Kenny? He yeah. probably is. Maybe he might, he might be number one. He might be the best, but it, we can't put anyone ahead of a domino. Maybe you're supposed to take right Sean now. Winter over Bryn Kenny. Right. Like, who knows? Right. right. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. I mean, honestly, is Joe McKeon actually better than Bryn Kenny in, in these spots? Maybe. I don't think he plays as high, right? He plays like right. 100, 100Ks max. I agree. Yeah. But if like he had the bankroll for yeah. it, if he decided, I mean, he could probably get put into it and he does have the money if he really wanted to play. He yeah. chooses not to for whatever reason. Maybe because he doesn't think he has an edge. Right. Which is fair enough. And then I guess that would go against my whole, my whole thing here. I don't know, Sam Sovereign. I don't think so, but he shows up and he's done very How well. How strict is the floor with angles? <laughs> if, they're, yeah, if, they're pretty, if they're pretty loose with it, then I guess we have to take, take Sovereign over everybody because he's just going to basically take chips off other people's stacks during, works. The, during the break. Ali Sirovich. I mean, there's some yeah, guys here, yeah, right? Yeah. There, there's a solid 10 guys who are at least in contention to be ahead of Bryn Kenny right, yeah. on this list. After that, it's probably not, right? Then you get to guys who are good, but I wouldn't put them ahead of Bryn. Not all guys. What about like Bicknell? Oh, Bicknell, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Big Mel's got to be there as yeah. a con- at least as a possibility. Right, uh, she's not clearly ahead of him, but how many? There's like four guys who I think who are cl- Chidwick, Peters, Bonomo, Adamo are clearly ahead of him for me. Everyone I, else, I don't know. I agree. I think Greenwood might be clearly ahead too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I w- I wouldn't put Greenwood clearly ahead, but I acknowledge yeah. that I might be wrong about that. It's tough. I mean, I'm sure if we got Daniel Negreanu to sit down and and you know stuck him with sodium pen- pentothal. Pentath- pentothal. Thank you. I was going to say that wrong. Um, I believe he would say he's better than Bryn Kenny, too. Yeah. I don't know, but that's my guess. Is that he, doesn't, he doesn't think he's the best in the world, but I bet he thinks he's better than Bryn Kenny. Yeah. That's my thought. I could be wrong about that. I mean, Timothy Adams probably thinks he's better, too, but yeah. we know that's not true. I mean, it might be. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. been very good. He has. No, he's, especially lately. It feels like he's cleaned up a few, like, slight, the slightest bit of leak for yeah. him, you know, and it feels like he's made himself a little tougher. I don't know if any of that's really true, but that, that's what it seems like. You're right. Trying to parse this stuff is so hard when everyone's so close and we don't have any objective measure except how much money have you won? How did you play that one hand when we can't talk to you in depth about your reasoning? Right. You know? there's, a lot, there's a lot we're missing and we're always going to miss with this stuff. Yeah. But that's what makes it fun also. I guess if there was an objective way to do it, then it's not fun to talk about. It's like, who's the best chess player? Let me look it up. It's easy to find Magnus out. Carlson. Right. The yeah. end. Yeah. Everyone knows. And you can rank those guys pretty clearly. You know? Yeah. And, oh, this guy's coming on. This guy's improving. But that's it. Like, Same with Go, right? You can know for sure. Go? Yeah. China, it's like Chinese. Yeah, Chinese I didn't game. know they had rankings and stuff. Oh, like that's like a pretty intense game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's like a, a really advanced version of checkers, yeah? I would, I would be fraudulent if I was trying to describe oh, okay. it accurately. I don't okay. really know anything actually, about Othello. it. Actually, Othello. I think it's actually more like Othello. Anyway, let's not get into it because okay. who the hell knows. Anyway. Cool. That was a good little... Interesting conversation about. Yeah. And of course, as we've talked about in our podcast recently, it really depends on what kind, not recently, but in the past, what kind of tournament we're talking about. Because I don't pick the same people in the same order if it's the main event of the World Series of Poker. Of course. I picked Joe Cata number one overall in that situation. Hmm. I think you have to still. I don't know if I would or not. 
take him number one overall, but I understand your point. I mean, he has the greatest main event resume of all time. I mean, he just has two deep runs, though, right? Mm -hmm. In huge fields. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's, that is very impressive. Plus, plus lots of other large field success. Um, yes. Sure. I don't know. I might take Joe McKeon. But, but these, again, we're yeah. splitting hairs here, aren't we? Right. And I see your point, which is, yeah, I'd rather have Joe McKeon or Joe Cata over, like, Ali Mshirovich when I wouldn't take those guys over right. him in, like, this high buy-in small field event, right? I don't even know if I would take Adamo over them, given the opportunity, like... He's right. His success has all been in these high rollers. Right. These guys like know how to play perfectly against a dominoes, like the perfect game to be the guy like Justin Bonomo and company. Right. But can he beat, you know, Joe, Jimmy, Jack, he probably, I don't care. I mean, of course he can, but maybe his exploits are not as effective at at maximizing value as Joe Cata's. We're just talking about, yeah, like, of course he can beat those guys. Of course he's better than those guys, but is Joe Cata going to get the, the, the most chips out of every situation against the, you know, Billy from Queens, you know, and the answer is probably, right. Probably, you know, like Adamo may have a mindset that's a little more go for it because you only have to get through 40 players. And right. It's the main event. You got to get through 10,000 or 8,000 or whatever. And you can't have you can't go for it every time. Right. You will not make it. Right. You know, and I'm not saying Adamo goes for it every time. Of course he doesn't. But he takes every spot that we see almost. Right. Right. Almost every spot. And you can't do that as much in the main event. I don't think. Well, speaking of that's take, another conversation. Speaking of taking spots, Bryn Kenny is known for doing that as well. You sure loves to take spots. You classically, every time we do a Bryn Kenny podcast, say like, just, just call. Yeah. Uh, I, I can beat Bryn Kenny. I can just call. Yeah. Good luck, Bryn Kenny. You'll always lose to me because you'll never have it. And I'll call <laughs> with anything. <laughs> That's obviously not true in either spot. But, but I think like I would never consider folding a good hand against a guy like Bryn Kenny. I think is, and that's not true either. But I would, it's, I'm going to widen my calling range dramatically against a guy like that or Matt Berkey or someone, you know, mm-hmm. where they're going to be more apt to take the blockers, and lose their mind. You know? yeah. Lose their mind may not be fair, but you know what I mean. Go for it. Yeah. Take, take the spot. If there's any spot to be taken at all, they're going to take it. And overvalue things. Maybe overvalue is the wrong word, but go for super thin spots both for, as a bluff and a super thin spot for value. Yeah. And like, yeah, just call more. Yeah. Feels like just calling more is Reasonable. the answer. Yeah. We're going to find out what the solver has to say after this episode. Oh, this, this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, because this one gets, this one is, you know, Maybe maybe Chinway Lin's been listening to the podcast. Is all I'm going to say, and, uh, <laughs> and it's a big Jonathan Levy believer. Um, yeah, 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 I guess so. Because we're going to see what the solver has to say. Obviously, the solver doesn't know it's going to be playing against Bryn Kenny. Um, all of this stuff. The solver work's going to be done by Wesley Cannon. We have not looked at it. He's done it, but we have not right. looked at the solver work. We're going to look at it after our analysis, and then we're going to talk about the notable pieces of the solver work. Um, come back and talk about it. Now, if you want to see Wesley's entire write up. Uh, check it out on the Discord. There's a link in the description of this podcast that takes you to our Discord. It's a fun community. I've been talking about how we post all the hands and how we have poker talk and like fun food talk. But honestly, if you're just looking for a, a community of of like-minded poker players, a place to like chat hands or talk about poker stuff or just shoot the shit, it's a pretty damn good community. I know a lot of people, especially with the pandemic and like playing more online and stuff, struggle to find community in poker where you feel like you can like have good intellectual conversations. It's a good place for that. Yeah. I recommend joining the server. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see you there. All right, let's get to the hand. All right. All right. Chinway Lim, who famously wrecked the life of Carrie Katz uh, <laughs> earlier in this tournament. That's right. Has 2.1 million at the 40 K big blind level. So he's got over 50 bigs. And he's got sixes. I didn't write down his hand, but I remember that he has sixes. He definitely has pocket sixes. I will say, as you figure that out, that piece out, um, we're two tables left. Uh, so there's about 16 players. It may be 15. It may be 16. 
and 11 players get paid. So we're not that close to the bubble. It may right. feel like it when I say those numbers, but, in, but in, that's only true if you're in a big, buy, a big field event. Five away is close. With, with like 40-some-odd people entering this event, I can find out the exact number if you guys really want me to. It was over 50, wasn't it? Um, well, I'm going to find out now because you're challenging me. It was 54 because you're always right about everything that I can look up on Hendon. Um, but with 54 players, being five off the money or whatever it might be, is, that's 10% of the field. Yeah, it's, so. it's going to take a while. It's going to take especially hours and hours and hours. Especially if these stacks are among average stacks, which I think they are, like mm-hmm. 50 blind stacks. It's going to take a while. Yeah. So I don't think anyone should be thinking about the bubble in any real way yet. It shouldn't be affecting anything. Yeah, I agree. Hey, by the way, I forgot to mention the old Mac Testat suggested this. Hey, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer and a poet. That's right. Yeah. He actually is. He's the, he's the Australian. He won some poetry competition in 2007 in Australia. Poet lawyerette. Yes. <laughs> That's well said. You know what I mean, right? Yeah. As, like Mark Testart, you have a way with words. <laughs> Thank uh, you. He suggested on Discord, because he's made the switch from nice. Twitter to Discord, we do have a suggest hands section there. Of course we do. And uh, you, should, you should go suggest hands there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You can do it on Twitter, too, but come to Discord. It's better. All right. So, Jinwei Lin... Lim, two sixes, black sixes, opens to 85K from the cutoff, 2.1 million. Sure. Bryn Kenny, on the button, has the same stack as Chinway Lim, and 10 six of hearts. This can't be a call if you're a good player, right? Never in a million years would we call. Should it be a three bet, though, or is this just a bad combo to three bet, even though it's kind of pretty-ish? It's a, it seems like a terrible combo to three bet. Yeah. Like it, we don't have any blockers. We don't really... It's very hard to make a straight with 10-6. We need to yeah. exactly 7-8-9. And Jack-10 is kind of a common call of a 3-bet hand, so that you can sometimes get some serious reverse implied odds in that situation. The good-suited 10s are probably calling our 3-bets. Ace-10, King, maybe King-10, maybe Queen-10, maybe Jack-10 suited are all yeah. calling. Jack-10 and Ace-10 for sure. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see the other ones called two. Yeah. Because what I can tell you is, and this isn't going to give anything away since the hand continues, Chin Wei Lim is going to call with two sixes. Yeah. So that means he's probably calling with queen 10. He's probably calling with king 10 suited too. Um, I'm really surprised Bryn chooses this hand to three bet. I don't understand why. Yeah, it kind of feels like 2009 poker. It's like, well, the cutoff opened, and I just decided I'm going to three bet with this hand. Like, obviously, Bryn Kenny is more sophisticated than that. But it feels a little bit like poker time, you know, where sometimes we'll yeah. have a, a player on our show poker time, which is like a five ten game, with some players who are relatively recreational or serious amateurs, and they'll kind of just have a something switch in their head that has nothing to do with anything. Which I guess maybe there is some GTO thing that would be like that's actually a good way to do it. But um, <laughs> but like they'll open you know six seven off under the gun or six four off under the gun. Yeah, we've seen it. And then fold six seven off in the cutoff, like in the same orbit, and it. There's no reason for that, right? Not, not obviously, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, like, Chin raised, and Kenny's sitting there. I figure this must, is almost certainly true, and I haven't watched this piece, you know, like the hands before. But Chin's probably opening a lot, and Brin probably is thinking to himself, I should be looking at three bet with a, lot, with a wide range here. Right, and you but, don't, in a, in a live tournament, you don't get that many opportunities. So it's like, this is a hand that is actually playable post-flop, so I guess I'll choose this. This still seems like just not good enough. Like, I'd rather have more playability or a blocker. Yeah. Like, how about king six suited? Way better. Yeah. A six suited, fabulous. Or seven eight suited. Yep. Now we have got playability and position. Yeah. But ten six suited doesn't really cover either. It's barely playable. We would never just call with this hand on the button, to your point. So it can't be very playable, right? We're not calling in any position except the big blind with this hand when someone raises, right? Because this hand ain't that good. This hand is a kind of a trash hand. Well, right? maybe Brin Kenny 
has had so much success because he doesn't think that way. Ah, I like this. I like yeah, where you're he's, going. He actually is the spot taker, like we've talked about, where yeah. it's like my my threshold for a spot is is pretty low. <laughs> and yeah. if I see a spot and then my, my threshold for which hands are okay to use in that spot is also pretty low. Like this is a hand that I can I can play post flop, you know, it's fine. Right. You know, so and and maybe that has generated a lot of success for him over the years. I mean he's Coming into this tournament, I think he... I don't know if he already was the number one money winner because he ends up finishing second in this tournament. Yeah, he was. I don't think he million. was, but yeah. But, but he was already a big, big, big yeah. game. Very, very successful. Um, and, you know, I'm thinking about a hand he plays, not in this event, but in another event where they were three-handed and Dan Smith opened ace-10. Ah, yeah. and, and Bryn Kenny, I think, had jack-four off. Yeah, up and he, in the big he blind. like, bluffs and then he makes a four, which is not a good pair and goes for value. Well, he also three-bets pre. Yeah. Like, and then he C-bets and then he goes for value. Yeah, and he... And he Everything works out perfectly for him. But the point is he took jack four off and turned it into a three bet from the big blind, yeah. which is just not something most people are going right. to do, right? I guess you could argue, well, it's not good enough to call, so you have to three bet or fold. But like most people just fold that and look for better blockers mm-hmm. or something. Um, but that worked out really great, and he, and he ended up winning that tournament. So I think it was another Triton tournament, actually. So, so yeah, to your point, maybe he's just finding more. He's like excavating and finding more spots, and it's worked out really well because... People are human. They're not, yeah. they're not actually robots, and they're not going to play perfect ranges. And so they're, most people are a little more apt to fold in these big spots, right? And in general, in tournaments, people are pretty foldy. Yeah. So maybe that just works really, really well. I mean, it, at least it did for a period of 10 or so years. Assuming, assuming Kenny falls off a cliff, it stopped working. But I don't think, I mean, I, I imagine he's going to continue to have some success in poker. We just haven't seen him recently. Yeah, the last live, last hand in cash he has is January 2020. But maybe, you know, the pandemic happened and maybe he's just been like, maybe he's been very careful. Yeah. Because we figured we, I don't think he showed up in any of the Poker Go stuff recently. I don't think. You'd imagine he'd be playing some of that. Yeah. If it weren't for the pandemic, probably. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he showed up. Anyway. So, so yeah. So he three bets 10 six suited. And to your point, maybe it's, He's like, yeah, this is the Bryn Kenny way, baby. And yeah. it's worked really well and shut the hell up. And that's the, uh, fair, actually. The Ed Hardy horror. The Ed Hardy horror. The, the Brooklyn bruiser? Yeah. The Brooklyn bruiser. Yeah. Well, you actually call him the Baltimore bruiser. The Baltimore bruiser. I just, I get, and then the Brooklyn something yeah. else. Yeah. I think he's actually from New York, so. Sure. More accurate. Yeah, but Baltimore bruiser sounds cool. So It does. It does. That's the only reason why I did that one. Yeah. Brooklyn yeah, bruiser the, also sounds cool. But the Balt- Ed Hardy horror is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, but he switched from Ed Hardy to kimonos a while ago. <laughs> the kimono killer. The Very, killer in a kimono. Yeah, pretty that, good. That's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Anyway, he three-bets to 260 okay. over the 85K open from, from Chin. Yeah. And they both have 2.1 million to start. Mm. You kind of cringed when you saw Chin call preflop. Do you still feel cringy about it? I do feel a little cringy about it. On one level... We are getting a very nice price, right? We're get it's there's three forty five plus the blinds and antes, so it's like another. There's like four hundred and change in there, and it costs us what a hundred and eighty to call. Yeah, so that's really good. We're getting two to one. We love that. We have pocket sixes out of position to Bryn Kenny, and we don't. We're not that deep. When, when if we've already put in two sixty, like we started the hand with two point one, we're not getting the right odds to flop a set. Right. So we have to play this hand for a showdown value, but Bryn Kenny's like one of the worst guys to try and do that against, especially out of position. Unless you're just willing to call everything, you know? If you're willing to never fold no matter what, sure. I mean, you can like, use distribution a little bit, right? Yeah. Like some, some runouts, you can just be like, I know this hand is better than Bryn Kenny's preflop range averages out at, but I still have to fold on this runout. Right. Know? 
That's fair. Yeah. Um, certainly if the board is like ace, king, queen, jack, nine. Yeah. And Bryn Kenny goes, bet, bet, bet. We should probably find a fall with two sixes. Yeah. Probably sooner rather than later. I just am concerned about um, getting to showdown with this hand, and we don't have the odds to flop a set. And we're out of position. It just makes... it's And, and he's Bryn Kenny. He's going to put a lot of pressure on us. But there's kind of a competing thought here of like, yeah. can you really let Bryn Kenny get away with it when I have a hand this good? And four betting feels bad. Yeah. No blockers. Game theory disaster to the max to four bet this hand in this spot. I mean, I think we have to let Bryn Kenny get away with some stuff, you know? And like, being out of position sucks. And he's, you know, like we really can't extract value easily and we can get value extracted. And so... We may have to, you know, raise, fold some okay hands. Not great hands. Like, if we had two tens, we, you know, that'd, that'd feel really different. Yeah. Of course, we're not going to fold two tens or two nines or even two eights. Two sixes just feels like... I can ju- it's just hard to imagine that many scenarios where we're going to be able to comfortably get to showdown where we don't flop a set. Yeah. It, and, like, if that's the case, I'm just worried about, like, how this actually plays out and if we can actually make this profitable for ourselves. These are all fair concerns. I can, I can see the desire as a player like Chin who's just kind of like recreationally playing this thing to be like, I can't let Bryn Kenny yeah. like fold out sixes here and four betting feels awful. So Right. So I call because yeah. it's like good enough. Yeah. I think obviously if we're much deeper, this is an easy call, of course. Um, if we're much shorter, we can jam a yeah. lot. Um, I think if we have 30 blinds or less, we can just jam on Bryn Kenny with his hand and hope it works out. Yep. And if, unless we feel like he's been tight for some reason, yeah. then we can decide to fold. But yeah, in general, jamming is probably fine against Bryn Kenny. Yeah. Um, when you're 30 blinds or less, but we ain't. Nope. We're over 50 here. Anyway, chin calls. Okay. 620 in the pot. I mean, it's not horrific or anything, but no, I don't like it. That's also how people describe nitrogen sports. Not horrific. Not horrific. <laughs> Which, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's just one level above not horrific, right? It could, it, oh. it could mean that it's excellent. And that is what right. they mean. When talking about nitrogen. That absolutely true. Yeah. So you know what they have? Yeah. What? They have sports. Uh-huh. Betting. Yeah. Sports betting. They have casino. Yes, they have casino. <laughs> <laughs> they have poker. Yeah. And you can play all of them uh-huh. on nitrogen. Yeah. Oh, you can't play sports. You can only play sports betting. Yeah. You, and you, you can bet the sports. And how do you play casino? You play casino. Is that like a video game based on the movie Casino? Oh, I wish there was one of those because, oh my God, I want to do that now. But how would that game work? There's not really any like action in that movie. Are you kidding? It's a role playing game. You play the role of fucking. Uh, who's the guy who's like, eh, hey, you hockey puck? Don Rickles. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're trying to you decide. You play like, Don Rickles of all the characters? <laughs> yeah, you're always a side character in these games. Um, this way you don't have to pay the voice talent very ah, much. Right. Um, and Don Rickles, you're just like, you have to decide, like, how do you deal with Joe Pesci when he's in there? And he's like, hit me again. And he's ripping up the cards and throwing them. And like, what are you going to do? So and a lot of the times you get shot in the head. And, yeah. You know, you fuck it up in a million different ways. Yeah, that's, it sounds great. Sounds like lots of fun. I want to be that. You're, it's called Pit Boss. Casino, colon, Pit Boss. And a big Don Rickles face right there. <laughs> Sounds great. It's going to sell billions of copies. Yeah. It doesn't uh, sound as good now that I describe it as like in terms of playability. Maybe we need a little more color. I think, I think my uh, relatively uncommon opinion about Casino is that it's better than Goodfellas. I like it better than mm. Goodfellas. It's a fabulous movie. I think you might even be right about that. Because when I think about Goodfellas, like I think about the last third, which is... Very Ray Liotta esque. Yeah. And like, that's just not as good as the rest of the movie. And Casino never has that. Right. Like, Casino stays in its zone the whole time a little bit more, which I think I like it better than Goodfellas too. But I, 
But Goodfellas is so good. Maybe that's they're crazy. Both, I haven't seen it in a long time. They're both great. They're both classics. Yeah. True classics. Scorsese, you know, he also, I mean, yeah, the, he's got like seven great movies. The it's Departed incredible. is very good. Oh, God, The Departed. What's another really good Scorsese? I'm, I'm blanking. Well, I mean, he did like Taxi Driver, but I don't oh. think that's a great movie. He did The Comedian, or The King of Comedy. I don't think that's a great movie either. Um, oh, he did Shutter Island. That's pre- I don't know if that's a classic, but that's really I good. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's really, really good. I mean, you know, he's just the man. He's All of these movies are available things. for rent on Nitrogen Sports. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lie. That's not true. It's but a lie. they have something that, you know, Netflix doesn't have, which is the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament. That's right. Classically. At least for now. Netflix refused to do the Poker Guys Monthly Tournament, no matter how many emails we sent them. Yep. They were like, we want a sponsor. We're like, you have to have the monthly tournament. Nitrogen was the only one that was like, we care enough about your players, your audience, to do that. We're yeah. going to do that. Netflix was like, fuck the audience. We just need some subs, yo. Yeah, we just want friends. We <laughs> want to put friends back on here. <laughs> yeah. They, they really do. do. Anyway, Nitrogen's monthly tournament that uh, is the Poker Guys monthly tournament. It's called the Automatic Overlay Tournament by Jonathan Levy. Yes. Because there's always an overlay. 40% at least of the prize pool is contributed by Nitrogen. You got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up. Or you don't even get to watch Casino on Blu-ray. Yeah. yeah forget, about, forget about 4K. Or even DVD, probably. Yeah, it's like three, 360p you can, you can watch it on HD DVD, but only on uh, an original Xbox. <laughs> and uh, you have to kill someone to get that Xbox. It's basically Squid Game. Yeah. Even here. Spoilers. <laughs> you don't like the, the part in Squid Game when they kill people for the Xboxes? No, I did like that part. I just yeah. didn't want the audience to be spoiled about how, like, yeah. The audience is spoiled. They've been brought up very, you know, t- very sheltered their whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> Given anything they wanted, they're absolutely spoiled. Well, obviously, we're talking to a privileged crew because, like, this podcast, I think we're charging, what, $1,000 an episode? It's hard to remember. To listen, to listen. I don't even know. So congrats if you, if you can pay those four figures to listen to this, but here you are, you know. And if somehow you didn't pay $1,000, you owe us $1,000. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Though. And you'll pay us. We trust you. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, that was a nitrogen ad. All right, so 620K in the pot. Six is for Chinway Lim in the cutoff. Kenny's got 10 six of hearts. Yep. Flop, ace of hearts, ace of clubs, five of hearts. Thing of beauty for Burn Kenny when he has this kind of junky yeah. hand. He's got, he's got a heart draw. Like it. This is going to go pretty typically on the flop here. Yep. Chin checks. Kenny's going to bet, right? So of course he is. What size do you want to use on this board? I mean, we really don't need to go big here, right? right. We feel like we're folding out. A big, it's pretty binary anyway. Um, we most bets are going to fold out most things. If he has an ace, he's calling. If he doesn't have an ace, he's often folding almost no matter what. We even block hearts. I don't expect to fold out pocket pairs, but I want to make sure we fold out at least some of the king highs, the ones that don't contain a heart. Oh my god, king highs are folding if we make any reasonable bet here at all. Okay, well, Kenny bets 145 into 620. Do you think that's folding out all of Chin's king highs? I do, unless he's got king. X of hearts. What How's about just call? the king of hearts? King, queen with the king of hearts. I think for, for 145, maybe you can call. Really? Out of position? Yeah. You're, you could be drawing dead. It's Bryn Kenny. Well, not completely. Well, no, you... I... I well, maybe he's going to do it. I think that's a losing strategy, the okay. call with king, queen with the king Then of you hearts. like Kenny's sizing of 145. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I think it's good. What do you think? I kind of want to go 200, just really? to be sure that a player like Chin, who seems a little loosey-goosey, doesn't call with his king highs. But we've got, like... Easy barrels on the turn with two hearts on the board. Like, we can really continue. But if the difference is 55K between yeah. folding out King High and not, I want to make that different That's bet. fair. I guess I just think 145 is going to fold out King okay. High. And that's, that's the question, yeah. right? Okay. I think 145, 
probably should fold out two sixes also. Really? I really do. On this board? Yeah. Well, the solver's going to hate that idea. I know that. I mean, the solver's going to be like, how are you here with two sixes? <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so I think it probably should, because what is Kenny's three betting range? Okay, clearly it's insanely wide if he's got 10 six on Yeah. Hearts. If we know that, I guess everything. How do we not fucking know that? It's Bryn Kenny. I wouldn't have thought he had 10 six hearts here. This is like a surprising thing. You would have put him on a wide, wider range than probably anybody else at the table. I agree, but I, I think it's like Jack Nine suited, but that still is like really, like if 10 six of hearts isn't here, it feels like, oh my God, he's three betting like 40% of his range here. So you're something. only calling with Crips and full houses? Not, no, better pocket pairs. Which are? That we didn't four bet? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I, I probably would have fold. Okay, the pocket pairs that I would have called with preflop, I'm probably still calling with. So maybe it's all the same. Yeah, like I'm calling. I think eights plus is fine. But he's four betting a lot of eights plus. I don't know when they're fifty some odd blinds deep. I mean, when you get to tens, the four bets really start coming in hot. You'd think. Um, jacks anyway against Bryn fucking Kenny. I mean, against Bryn Kenny, I don't know what your point is. Like he's really wide. Yeah, is that your point? Well. Well, we can also call and you know and like have a good hand against him and let him put in more chips. It's vulnerable though. Yeah, it is. That's true, especially eights and nines. But you tell me, Jonathan Levy sitting here in this tournament, if you were if you were staked, it wasn't your own money. Forget about the money thing for a second. I can forget about the money thing. Either you're, way, you're not going to four bet tens against Bryn Kenny fifty blinds deep. Uh, when you're the cutoff spot, and he's the button. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it at least some of the time. I'm not always going to do it, but I'm going to definitely do it. A you're going to do it with eights sometimes too. By yeah, the no, way. no, I'm going to no. There's going to be a lot of hands where I'm like, I'm just going with this yeah. for sure. Um, and it actually, I'm more apt to call, I think, 10s than 8s. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's easier, yeah. right, to play post-flop uh, now that we're talking about it. But certainly, I'm going to four-bet, and I'm probably going to four-bet a hand as good as 10s a lot. I agree. But I'm not always going to four-bet it. I'm yeah. definitely going to have some calls with that hand, too. I just think our combos get a little bit narrow that we can call with if we're not calling with 6s on this board. Like, what aces do we show up with here? Uh, it's ace-queen to ace-10 suited, I think, right? Yeah. And then I, you and I, I was asking before we started, like, do we think Chin can have a hand like ace-nine suited? And you're like, I don't know. I'm yeah. like, yeah, me either. I'm like, can he have other suited aces? And it's the same question. Right. Since he shows up with sixes, I wonder if he can have, you know, suited, just suited aces in general. But I don't that's, know. That doesn't really change the equation because if, if he has those hands, then they make up probably a similar percentage of his range than, than the bigger aces would have had he only had those right. aces. Because right. they, he... Because then he ends up having, like, the Jack-9 suited and stuff, right. too, right? Well, I don't know if he's going to have Jack-9 suited. Like, I don't know. He Shin? might. He might. Call through. Maybe. Maybe you're right. I mean, I don't have any evidence. If he has that, Ace-9 though. suited, he should have Jack-9 suited. I mean, I strongly disagree. For a call? For a call of a three-bet out of position yeah. when you put in more than 10% of your stack? I think Jack-9 suited plays a lot more easily. I think you should be throwing it away every time. Of course you should, but you should also be throwing away Ace-9 suited or four-betting. Ace-9 suited is a better four-bet than Jack-9 suited. I mean, Ace-9 suited is a better call, so... I, I don't really. You're think dominating so. some of Brent Kenny's range with Ace Nine suited. I mean, a little bit, yeah, that's true. You're, it helps. It's got to be better. Like Jack Nine suited may be dominating almost none of. It. Turns out we can see since he's got ten six suited, we're even dominating some of that range, I yeah. guess, but not nearly as much. My point is just that I think six has fallen to the must call against this player category okay. from Chin's perspective on the flop. You mean? Yeah. Okay. For one forty five and a six twenty, give me a break. Throw me a donut. I just want to throw it away, but okay. I want to fold this hand bol- at Ball Street so far. Maybe I'm being too tight. I mean, Chin is loose, it seems. He seems like a oh, loose player. I agree. But I'm saying personally, I just want to go full fold. I want to fold. You want to, call, you want to call on both, both streets, though, right? I want to fold, but I think I end up calling both streets. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I will acknowledge that the flop call feels a lot better to me than the pre-flop call. Yeah. Personally. Because it's like it's 145, and we know Bryn's always continuing on this board. Right? Yeah. And it's only three and a half blinds. So that's all pretty good. I just don't know how I'm ever going to not... I don't know how I'm ever going to show down with this hand, and that's a real problem. I mean, there are some good runouts. That don't include a six? Yeah. Like... Deuce four. I mean, like you can call down Bryn Kenny sometimes on on low card runouts. I guess that's pretty optimistic, man. It's Bryn Kenny. Yeah. It's funny. I'm the guy who's like always calling. I'm like, yeah. just fold. Just we're, keep we're folding. We're on opposite sides of things here, and especially yeah. against Bryn Kenny, you would just like. Oh. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, all I want to do is fold. I just feel like I just feel like situationally, this is really hard to play. Yeah, but that's going to be the case for the rest of the tournament. Well, we don't have to choose to play sixes, though. We can have hands that play better than sixes. Oh, really? We can just choose to be like, I don't like this one. Can you give me a better hand, please? Well, yeah. What you do is you throw that hand away when he raises, and you, then they do give you another hand. And then you keep getting new hands until you get to one you want to play. That's how it works, man. Yeah. yeah. That, that is what you could do. I, just, I mean, really. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But I think in this scenario against Bryn Kenny, it just feels like we're just getting crushed by, by his aggression if we let him get away with stuff like this. I mean, we should be opening a little tighter. We should be four betting more, right? If we feel like he's, if you feel like he's three betting us a lot, yeah. Um, so we don't have to have very many folds. Um, maybe sixes is one of the few hands actually we open fold. We open and then fold to a three bet. Uh, and a lot of the hands we're just like we're we're really not getting out of line though, and so and we we actually tighten our range up a bit, so we have very few of those. We have to have some of those too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think folding sixes preflop is probably correct, but I just can't bring myself to want to do it against <laughs> Bryn Kenny, right? You know? If we're in position, I'd feel really different about this. I, I think the, I think the flop is clearly a call. I think that's very obvious. Hmm. I just feel like, man, we're crushed a lot. It's only 145, man. It is only 145. It, As I said, I feel like better about the flop call than I do about the pre-flop if, call. If Bryn Kenny bet 300K, I think I fold. But for 145... Well, he's never going to bet 300K, so you're never going to have to fold. Great. <laughs> Let's see a turn card when we're way ahead. Sounds good. When we're way ahead. Well, yeah. if we know his hand, we're way ahead. Yeah. I mean, Bryn's got a lot of eight trip aces, right? Like, a I mean, lot. he has a lot combinatorially, but they yeah. don't make up a huge percentage of his range, well, which is really see, what matters. When we see he's got 10 six suited, that's clearly true. And it's Bryn fucking Kenny. So we see he has 10 six suited by looking at his kimono. Like, I we mean, understand that. I was surprised that he shows up with 10 six suited here. I'm just telling you, that's surprising to me. Okay. You're dumb. <laughs> Congratulations. See, that's not nice. Yeah. Well, sometimes you got to flip it around on Levy when he's. I would never say something like that to you, you or act that you way said towards far you. Far worse things to me. <laughs> never once in the history of this everything have I done that. In the history of this everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I think you're going to lose some hearts and minds with the way you're talking to me right now. I don't think so. I think I think Team Lev is getting bigger and stronger <laughs> all the time. <laughs> to be all right. To actually bring it back to poker, and I think yes. this is an important point that I okay. don't think a lot of people recognize, and I think maybe you're falling victim to this too. Sure. Is you're counting combos instead of percentage of range in some cases. See, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm saying that, like, you're assuming a wider range than I'm assuming. Now, yeah. I acknowledge that when I see what Bryn Kenny shows up with here, even in this spot, that I'm wrong. But I'm saying when I'm blind to his hand, I wouldn't have assigned him that wide a range. And maybe if we're, I guess we're on a stream, maybe I'm getting this information and I can make different choices. But 
10 6 suited, I just never would think he could have a hand okay. that ridiculous in his range right here. But this is the guy, Bryn Kenny, that we mentioned one other hand that he played. Yeah. And that hand was him three betting Jack four off out of the big blind. Right. But they're three handed in a big tournament spot. There's ICM considerations. None of that's in play right now. I mean, it probably shouldn't be, but people are going to be playing money scared in this thing. You think Chin is? Chin the rich kid? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't... I mean, so far he hasn't been playing money scared. He went call, call. He yeah. shoved that other hand against Kerry in a spot where we're like, what are you doing? The thing he isn't. As far as I can tell, is money scared or afraid right. to put chips? I mean, in that's pot. fair. I don't know that Brent Kenny knows any of this about him either. Like you know, I just don't know. I think it's much better when it's Brent Kenny to assume a wider range than a tighter range. Of course, but I'm saying part of the wider range is like Brent maybe three betting every ace that he that he looks at. But I wouldn't think he ever has a hand like ten six suited. Maybe he, he doesn't have ten seven suited. But he yeah, does. I understand that now. What I don't what what so what you're what's assuming the disconnect you're, here. So the the disconnect is that you are creating a universe yeah. and saying that is the universe that is reality, and I've seen a deviation from it, and therefore, okay, now we can say this is okay without acknowledging that you are just going based on your assumptions. Everything in poker is assumptions, right? My assumption is Brinkenny is three betting these types of hands. Fine. So we disagree about. So we're assuming different things. So what does that have to do with anything, though? So like, then you would play a wider range against him, yeah. and I wouldn't because I don't have that assumptions. What's the problem? Like, so okay, I'm clearly wrong about my assumptions. I'm acknowledging that from the beginning since we see he's got ten six suited. How are you ever going to call Brinkenny down like you want to if you only have aces? And I'm going to have I'm going to have ace ten suited here. I'm going to have, you know, Jack, Jack. I'm going to have whatever. And I'm going to be able to go call, call, call. And You sound like Phil Hombuth right now. <laughs> I'm just going to show him the nuts. I mean, I'm going to have, if he's going to three-bet me a lot, I'm going to call a lot with, with good hands that play well post-flop, that are easier to play, especially when I'm out of position. And I'm going to call down with a big chunk of them and place it. And it's more, it's not really about going call, 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 by the way. It's really about on the river when he makes some cool big play not being fascinated by that instead of just putting the chips in because, come on, like, that's a lot of it. Like, we've seen, and I'm going to use this one guy as an example, but, like, Matt Berkey on that one cash game hand where Bryn bet, Berkey raised his flush, yeah. and uh, Bryn bet a straight on the, and there's trips also, yeah. and then Bryn three bet the straight, and we decided he was bluffing yeah. with that. It was, like, kind of a perfect bluff, right? right. And, I, and Berkey folds the queen high flush. The board was paired. I mean, it's not like it's crazy, but against Against a guy like Brent Kennedy, to me, that's a super easy call, right? Because it's, he's got a whole whirlwind of stuff. To me, that's where his range is wider. Turns out it's wide, wider everywhere. That's fair. But, like, I'm trying to talk about if I'm in game, yeah. where I'm coming from, not when I can see his hand. That's all. So, like, that's where I, I would have been coming from. I just don't know why you start from that place with a player like Brent Kenny. I mean, I just wouldn't have thought he could have a hand. I know. I hear, I hear you so saying. I don't know what, what I hear you saying say. that. It's just, like... I just don't know why. I mean, I don't know what else to say, except this, that was my set of All assumptions. Right. Like, okay. I would expect him to have potentially every ace, maybe even a lot of cool suited stuff. Just this is a, To me, this is like uncool suited stuff, and I wouldn't think he could be that wide in this, in this field and think he can get, get away with it's it. It's probably so uncool that it is cool, though. I mean, that's the kind of shit a guy who wears Ed Hardy shirts probably thinks, right? And guy who has the most money won of all time ever. Currently, for how much longer? 44 hours. Yeah, maybe. Ish. Maybe. Yeah. So, so number, that. number two. Yeah, for now. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say, you know? You're the, you're the first loser. Yeah. Is that what it is? I think that is something that people say. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a smart thing to say. No. No, it's um, not. <laughs> especially when there's, like, you know, different prizes for different positions. When you've won $55 million. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're the first loser. It's like, it's a pretty good 
pretty good spot on the podium. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nice. Anyway. Anyway. Back to life. Kenny bets 145. Chin calls. Yeah. I think ultimately we're both okay with the call. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, yes, I am. If I, I might be in this spot, I might find a call too. I, I don't know if it's right to, but I might find a yeah. call too, to be clear. Pot's now 910K. Turn is the king of diamonds. Okay. So I'm concerned that Chin still has king high in his range, but I'm not sure if he does on the flop from Brinkham's okay. perspective. What do you I think? Feel like, I feel like it's pretty damn unlikely. Okay. But I've been getting everyone's range wrong the whole time, right? I, I don't think he does. I just feel like on this board, like you're just folding king high. That wow. isn't the king queen of hearts or whatever, you know. Not king queen with one heart. You're not going to call that. I just don't think we're deep enough. We're out of position. I just don't think we're going to do it. You ended up being okay with the call of sixes, right? I mean, I'm don't love it, but right. I'm okay with it. But you would probably flick the chip in if you were vaulted into chin seat and you. I don't. F- I don't know if I would or not. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not saying I would. I might just fold. All right. I would not. Yeah, well, you've, you, made, you've made that very clear. <laughs> do you think that king queen with a heart is potentially a better call than sixes on that flop? Oh, that's a cool question. That's a really cool question. Uh, huh. I guess it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because we can jump ahead of a bunch of stuff and we can pick up a heart on the turn. Yep. The problem, of course, is every time we pick up a heart on the turn, we're going to have to figure out how to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's it's going to get, it could get pretty complicated because usually what these players do on the turn is they size up. Like, so what are we going to do now? Yeah, no, I know. It, it can get rough. But um, that's, I guess that's a problem for another that's day. That's true of fixes also. Uh, I mean, we're folding, I assume, if he sizes up on the turn, right? Sure. A lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but with king-queen, like, the one thing that you miss out on is, is, like, you still get to win with sixes if he hits a four or a five, if he has, like, four or five suited, or not a five, sorry, mm. like three, four suited or something. Right. It's a three or four. Right. Um, but king-queen is more playable in the future and has had about the same amount of the time as sixes. Right. Yeah, that's pretty close. That's yeah. true. That's true. So I think if Chin's calling with sixes, it's possible he's also calling with king-queen. Unless he's that's really, fair. Unless he's really, he might be pretty big amateur and really think like a pair is a lot more valuable than right. it actually is. Who knows? Right. Not really sure about Chin. Um, anyway, it's the king of diamonds on the turn. So we don't really know if that factors into Chin's range at all. Of course, it does factor into Kenny's range. He could have a king in his hand. Of course he could. Goes check, check. Yep. All right. My initial thought, I said this when we were watching the hand, is I'm a little surprised by Kenny's check on the turn. I feel like he probably should be betting. Mm-hmm. What do you think? My initial hit is I'm surprised he doesn't bet. Um, let's talk about why he might not. Okay. So the best answer is that he thinks Chin is calling pretty tight on the flop. Yeah. Right? He thinks like, especially when he's got two hearts in his hand himself, he probably thinks there's a lot of aces here. Yeah. Right? That's the only really good reason to check. Sure. If you put Chin on hearts, you'd be happy to bet. If you put him on, I guess if you think he has king-queen, he turns the king, and you think you're never folding him out, fair enough. But if you think he has king-queen, then he probably has a lot of other stuff too. Yeah. You can bet really comfortably to fold out a hand just like this. Mm -hmm. It seems like Kenny doesn't think a hand like um, sixes is here or based he on his chin. Or he doesn't think it makes up enough of the range. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But that means he thinks chin is not calling with very much except trip aces. He thinks he's got a lot, at least enough trip aces that like it's not worth betting here. That's, that's the only possible reason I can think to check because this feels like a very obvious bet here, right? Yeah, it does. Let's assume for a second okay. a slightly tighter range for Chin preflop than maybe we would have said. Like, let's say he doesn't call with ace-nine suited, just for a second. Sure. Maybe he doesn't. I don't really know. Yeah, he might not. 
Ace 10 suited is one combo. Yep. Um, then he's got, because Kenny has a 10. Yep. And well, no, there's no. Two, there's the Ace of Hearts is on. Board, oh, right. So you're right. Two, so combos. two combos of Ace 10 suited. Ace Jack off and Ace Queen off and suited are both going to be four bets some of the time from Chin. Ace King is almost always a four bet. Yes. So, like, he doesn't end up having that many combos of aces available at all in the beginning. Um, that's an interesting point. Yes, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe Kenny thinks he's calling wide pre, but then folding a lot on the flop with his non-aces. Maybe. Because then now we're talking about now ace nine could be in there. Maybe other suited aces Yeah, are I mean, in if there, you think But Chin, he thinks like pocket sixes is gone. Or maybe he's, he's been playing with Chin for a long time and he knows that Chin has every suited ace available. Right. Him. Like he's, he has ace four suited. He has ace eight suited. You know, he has all of them. Yeah, and Kenny's like, I'll take one shot and see if I can fold out everything else. Oh, yeah. you called. Now you have a lot of suited aces here or a lot of aces. Um, I'm just going to take my equity rather than get blown off the yeah. hand. That would, be a, that would be why. I think that's the path to checking making the more sense is that, like, Kenny assuming that Chin has a lot of aces preflop. Yeah, because, um, I mean, Kenny's got such a massive range advantage right yeah. now and equity. Right. Like, we'd love to put those two things together and fold out a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But if you think like two eights aren't here, right? And you think King Queen, well, I guess King Queen's probably calling anyway. So it's not a good example, but like Queen Jack isn't here. Queen Jack suited isn't here or whatever. Um, maybe suited is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like there, there isn't much here. Two sevens isn't here. Then you're just like, what's the point of betting? Well, I don't even think those have to not be here. They could be here. But if Chin also has all of those suited aces, I think then it's not enough. Okay, if he's got, just got a huge amount of aces, yeah. yeah. But if we think that's true, then why are we betting the flop? Are we, I guess we're trying to follow. We, like, well, we we have new information Jack, Jack now. 10. We have yeah, we have new information now. He called the but flop, but there's not too much left. If you think he's got all these aces and he's calling king queen, he's calling all these pocket pairs. What are we like? What actually practically are we folding out? That's calling our three bet pre Jack ten queen Jack. What else? You mean on the flop? Yeah, I mean if he has all the suited aces, he probably has like four or five suited too, and that wow. would, that would call the flop. God, that'd be really bad. But yeah. maybe he can have it. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, four or five suits calling the flop anyway. But yeah. I, but I see what you're saying. Five, uh, six, seven suit or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's the same idea. Because of course the flop is ace ace five. Um, hmm. Because we have such a massive massive range advantage, I mostly just want to bet here. I think that is typically my idea as well. But we know that Bryn Kenny, if anything, is an expert exploitative player. Yes. Right. So he's going to know his opponents really well yes. in order to, to make those exploits. Agreed. So I assume there's some chin-based reason that he's checking back because from a typical like random online opponent perspective, it's like, yeah, this is definitely a bet. Um, maybe this goes back to what you're talking about, wanting to size up a bit on the flop. Like maybe, maybe if he makes it 200, this is a clearer spot where yeah. you're like, oh, I have a clear check back. Like yeah. let's take the equity. This guy's got trip aces all day because I bet 200. Yeah, maybe call. so. And maybe at 145, it's a little less clear. Maybe the, I don't know if, I'm not saying that's a mistake, but maybe it sets it up for it's a little harder, trickier for Bryn to play in this spot where I got to believe a second barrel here is going to fold out sixes almost always. Yeah, I would on think so. King? I would think so. I just, I don't, how could it call again? I mean, I, I just don't see how it could. I don't think call. so either. Yeah. But either way, Chin gets to see a river. Okay. Goes check, check. Yeah. That river is the nine of clubs, doesn't help anybody. No. You got ace of hearts, ace of clubs, five of hearts, king of diamonds, nine of clubs. Yep. All right. Is there any reason for Chin to bluff? Well, we might be able... Okay. Can we fold out two jacks? 
Two jacks might play it just like this. I think if we bet big enough, we should be able to fold out two jacks. Nine, okay. ten in there if we bet like 500 or more. So we, we, we could target, what, tens, jacks, queens, eights, and I guess sevens. We could target all those pocket pairs and bet enough. Do you think we can ever fold out king, queen, or king, jack? Because mm. those are the types of hands that Kenny could definitely have with this line. Right, and then do the check back. Yeah. Um, I think we could fold out king, queen, or king, jack with a heart in them in their hand, at least some of the time. Yeah. I don't know otherwise if we could or not. I think a lot of it depends on how many aces Kenny's checking back on the turn. Because if he checks back with aces with some frequency on the turn, then he can fold some of his kings. I mean, he should be checking back his bad aces on yeah. the turn a lot, right? You think so? I, w- I would expect that a fair amount of the time anyway. Like, you know, the ace seven suitors of the world, right? Like, yeah. Isn't that just a check usually? Usually. I mean, you could bet to deny equity and to get a... But then you're just going to check the river anyway. Yeah. Like, you're not doing it really for true value except to extract value from the hearts, but they may blow you off the hand or put you in a terrible spot at mm-hmm. least. I wouldn't say blow you off the hand. He may call, but a really bad spot. You probably have to fold. Yeah. Ugh. So that's a good reason to check. Yeah. <laughs> like a seven. Um, hmm. All right. So where, what are we talking about here? If what, Chin should bluff with sixes. Yeah. I mean, it feels like Bryn hit the king a lot, right? When he it checks does. a turn. I mean, tens, jacks, and queens, to your point, also yeah. make perfect sense. I think we should bluff with sixes now that we're talking about it. I feel like sometimes we're just ahead anyway. Yeah. But that way we don't get bluffed ourselves, because if we check, we might just get bluffed off this hand. Right. I like betting and bluffing. Yeah, we can, bluff. we can definitely rep ace 10 plus. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If we had king, queen, would we go for value? Maybe small value. Seems unlikely, and I don't like yeah. that as an idea. I want to be able to bet bigger. Okay, I like that. Yeah, because we're trying to fold out queens. We're not yeah. trying to get called by queens, right? Yeah. So we bet bigger. We say, I've got ace-10. You have king-queen. I'd say, like, ace. I'd say like 550, 600 into 910. Yeah, that feels like a very substantial bet yeah. that Bryn's not going to love with anything but trip aces. Yeah. And even trip aces... That if are it's bad, not a good trip aces, he's not going to love he's it. He's going to call, but he's going to hate it. Yeah. But he is gonna, he's calling ace-7 when he checks back the turn. Probably, yeah. I don't see how he isn't, because he could put us on hearts. Yeah. Or something like this, I guess, too. Yeah, I think bluffing is a pretty interesting idea with sixes. I wouldn't have... When I saw the hand play out, it never occurred to me to bluff here. Um, but I really like a bluff, now that we're talking about it. We don't block anything that we want to block, but whatever. Well, we don't have hearts in our hand, but that doesn't help us, to your point, yeah. does it? Unless the king of hearts is in play, which right. it could be. King, queen of hearts could be in play. Yeah, but we, when we have well, two sixes, anyway. it doesn't yeah. matter if we block right. the king of hearts. Of course, it it's doesn't. impossible to do that. <laughs> <laughs> You are right. Of course, you're right. Um, yeah, there's, you're right. We don't block anything. But still, I think we should bet and bluff. Anyway, he doesn't. He checks. That's fine. Should Kenny bluff? He's got 10 high. Okay. Having should- hearts is pretty bad now. It was nice to have that as a, as a release valve on the flop, but now having hearts is bad. Having hearts is not great. Um, it's weird that Chin checks again, right? Because now it's like, so you don't have an ace? So you have a five. You have a or five a or pair. I mean, it kind of looks face up, right? It is yeah. what it is. It's like, like at best you have a king. At worst, you have a five, basically, yeah. or something in between. Um, can I get that to fold? This unless question. Chin is really trappy, which we don't yeah. really know. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, so should Br- should Bryn try and fold out that range? Because basically, that's all we're attacking when we got two hearts in our hand, right? I mean, we yeah. we might be able to fold out slightly better hearts once in a while, but. Yeah, but of course, we block a lot of his most yeah. common hearts with, a, like ton, with a ton of hearts. Queen Jack is like the most obvious heart. That's the attack. one that's left, yeah. That's about it. 
maybe queen nine. Yeah. Nope, the nine comes at the right. river, so it doesn't, that doesn't even matter. Well, you might be able to fold out queen nine. That'd be nice. That's true. But then we're just targeting, then we're just targeting one pair of hands anyway, though. So yeah. That's, we were already talking about that piece. Um, so this is kind of tricky because, like, we didn't bet the turn. Right. So we, we could slow play some really big hands, but Would I don't we? know if our opponent's going to give us credit for that. Also, just now maybe our opponent isn't thinking at this level, but we probably wouldn't slow play any, any strong hands on this board, right? Probably not too We'd often. We'd probably bet this really strong. If we had ace-king, we're probably betting on that in the turn, hoping the guy's got trip aces and just has to go yeah. call, call, call. Trying right? to I get mean, maximum value. Let's win, the, let's win all of it. Like, why wouldn't we? This is, this is the tournament to do that. And if you're ever going to max value, and especially against the rich guy who's clearly the calling station, right? Yeah. Like, let's go. It's just hard to imagine we ever have king-king or ace-king or even ace-queen here or Okay, I, I mean, so even I, I, Ace Jack, I think we're betting the turn. I'm curious if this is a spot where Bryn Kenny leveled himself into thinking that his opponent was thinking on his level, kind of like our friend Robert Brewer is famous for doing. Mm. You know, like our friend Robert Brewer, we've talked about him on the podcast before. He's a very good exploitative poker player. Yes, but he sometimes assumes his opponents are thinking on the same level as him and makes plays accordingly. And sometimes it really doesn't work out. It's like, just do the obvious thing yeah. sometimes, <laughs> man. It's okay. It yeah. works really well. That's yeah. why it's the obvious thing. Right. And I wonder if Bryn Kenny did that here because he bets 335 into 910 and it feels very clear to me that he's trying to rep King-Queen. King-Queen or a bad ace trying to get called by, by like, King-Queen. Right. But, and, but basically the same value. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't like that against an opponent that you don't put on a similar level to you. I think right. it's possible that with Chin, you should just be more price sensitive and be like, you can't call if I bet 600, you know, instead of trying to tell a good story by betting the mm. right amount for King-Queen. Right. Like, Jason Kuhn is going to be here with his two nines. Yeah. Not two nines, because that's a full yeah. house, but uh, two tens or two eights, and be like, well, I obviously have to fold now. Yeah. Like, how, I can't beat anything. Right. Right. Um, but against a guy like this, it seems we're not going to be successful. Now, against sixes, this, this bet's got a good, good high degree of, six, of succeeding, right? Really good chance. But against the kind of range we're trying to fold out, which is sixes is one of the worst parts of that range. Yeah. This guy may just be like, oh, it's cheap. Cool. It's only 335. You're Bryn Kenny, I call. Like, like he's not as concerned it. with the story as the price is my guess. Levy says call yeah. on the river, so I'm going to call, right? Like, yeah, he's a big Levy fan. I've got a pair. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with my assessment? I of, do. I like that. I like that a lot. It feels, it feels like he went one step too far against this opponent, and like yeah. he needs to be a little more villain-specific here. Um, we're also making a lot of assumptions about this opponent that could yeah. be wrong. But yes. assuming we're right about them, yeah, then, and, and then we it did, makes sense. We did Hendon Chin before the last time we did with him, yeah. and he's got some scores, not much, all in like super high roller stuff. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's a grinder or anything. No, no, no. And the way he plays also seems like he can't be that good. Like yeah. When I say that good, I mean like top, top, top level. Right. Like all the guys we were naming before, and, you know, Dan Smith's of the world, like he's clearly not at their level. Right. Like just watching some of the decisions he makes. That's not a put down. Very few people are on that level. Yeah. But he's not. And so Bryn Kenny, it feels like Bryn's treating him like he's Ann Smith here. Right. And that's, that may be the problem. Yeah, just bet like 600K instead. Or check. Or, or give check, up. Or give up, yeah. Giving up's fine, too. You like, it didn't work. It didn't cost you that much. Or you should maybe take a really big swing. Right. I think once you check back the turn, whether or not it's true about your range, in most of your opponent's eyes, you're going to limit your value range and make it less successful of a bluff on the river. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like sizing it up here, too. It's just going to work too much, right? He's just going to sit there. And I don't know if he's really going to do this, but we've seen people do this where they, they just start counting all the hands that are beating them, even though it's like, well, that doesn't I, mean, make I would sense. never bet that much with this hand. And they're like, well, pocket sevens beats me. Pocket yeah. eights beats me. And you're like, I mean, 
Okay, but obviously I'd be bluffing with sevens and eights yeah. if I bet this much. I wouldn't be, you know, a nine just beat me. It's like I would never bet this much with a nine. I'd never, never bet with a nine. I would happily would. check it back. Yeah. You know, a king beats me. It's like, but I'd never bet king queen with this size. Like, um, but it doesn't matter because they just do that and they throw their hand away. Yeah. So maybe if Chin's going to fall in that category, we need to play to that. Yeah. Or like, like you I said, like or just check back. Yeah, or check back. It's fine to give up here. It didn't work. It's okay. If we think he's just a massive calling station... It's okay to give up. Uh, Guess what? What? He's a massive calling station. Of course he is. Chin does not take much time. <laughs> Just flicks the old chips in. I mean, what the hell, man? This is supposed to work against sixes. He kind of he calls in the way. Not, not to... Uh, maybe I'm assuming too much of an amateur status for Chin, and I don't want to be unfair. Yeah. But playing against amateurs, I've had this experience before where I'm bluffing the river, and they're counting out the chips to, to figure out the amount for the call. And you know with them, unlike with a pro, that's actually them calling. You're right. like, oh, it's already over. Right, They're just right, cutting right. it out. They're not saying call because they don't really know the etiquette. Yeah. You're supposed to call, say call before you like, put the chips in if you know or you're going to call. throw one chip in or but something. But they think yeah. it's important to make sure they get the right amount exactly. and then put it in. But it's like, oh, I know in my head, this type of yeah. player, it's already a call. Right, yeah. They're and not, that's kind of the way Chin put the, the chips together. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the call a little bit. Okay. okay. So good price. Getting a good price. Getting good price. And maybe he's like, this is not a good story. Like, what are you supposed to be betting for value? But it doesn't feel like that's what's going on because he calls so quickly. It feels more like he's just like, you're Brent Kenny, I don't believe you. Which, you know, that's the Jonathan Levy way. Yeah, I just wouldn't, not with this hand. But yes, that is the Jonathan Levy. Is it better to call with this hand or jacks with the jack of hearts? Um... It's probably still better to call with jacks with the jack of hearts because we do beat other things. When In case Kenny, Kenny's bluffing with a nine or something? Are, is he betting? Is he bl- I don't know what he's doing with a nine or two tens. Is he value betting? Is he no. bluffing? It's hard to come no. up with anything. No. He's not value betting two tens. I'm going to put my what foot if, what if? Okay, well, Kenny could be bluffing with sevens and eights, though. It's uh, possible. That makes more sense to me. I guess so then a nine could be one, two, yeah. Um, he hits the nine, and he's like, it's not, it may not be good enough. Um, if you're right, then Jacks with a heart is a better call. But if he's not actually betting those hands, yeah. then this is a better call than that hand. We might think, though, that uh, the heart isn't that relevant because Kenny doesn't bet the turn, and we assume he's going to bet the turn with hearts a lot. I would assume that. I suppose that makes some sense, but he's an advanced player. He's going to he have is. some checks with hearts. Of course he is. It's, it's clearly better to not have the heart than to have the heart overall. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. And maybe that's part of why Bryn also checks the turn, by the way, which we didn't even talk about, is like then it's harder to put him on the heart if it comes in. Yeah, that's that could, true. That could be part that's of it. That's true. Um, and maybe he thinks he can get more value that way. So he only gets there a little bit of the time, but he thinks it's harder to get the fold because the trip aces are there a lot, and he gets paid more when it does come in. So yeah. then it just makes sense to check. Could, I, I can sort of talk myself into that. I that yeah, I could talk myself into that too. Yeah, I don't know, like, it's possible this isn't that low in the distribution unless we have a lot of trip aces. If we're going to bet all of our trip aces on the river is chin. I mean, if we have all our reasonable kings with the king of hearts. Yeah. There aren't that many of those, though, really. It's just no. king queen, right? Otherwise, it's suited. Maybe anyway. king jack. Yeah. King 10. We could have king 10 of hearts. King 10 of hearts. Yeah. Now, yeah. As Bryn, we know we can't have yeah. that. But from chin's point of view, we can Yeah, but we better. probably not king 10 off. But maybe king jack off. Right. Right. Those are in. Yeah. Not King Jackoff. Maybe, maybe King... I don't know. Maybe we can. I don't know. King, Queen, King Jack? I don't know. Probably King, Queen off. You know, if, if we're going to call the flop, right. we probably can call with that If, we, if we're calling with sixes, we probably have these two. Yeah. I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that, yeah. So then we can have it. Okay. Yeah. So obviously those with a heart, uh, without a heart, 
I don't know if we get here without a heart. We though. don't get here without a heart. We have to have a heart in our hand to make that call. In the so phone. is this hand better than any of our King Jacks to call with? Because we don't have any King Jacks with a heart. Without, or without a heart, excuse me. We have to be sure that Kenny's never going for thin value with queens for, to even consider that idea. Yeah. Are we sure? Not sure. I'm not sure. But that's really thin. Yeah, it's Bryn Kenny. Yeah. He bet, for, he bet that four on the river against Dan Smith. That yeah. was about as thin as it gets. It got called by Ace High, and it was a huge pot in that tournament. Yeah, you're right. So I don't know for sure that he doesn't have queens here. Like, I think probably Chin just called because it's Bryn Kenny and he wanted to call. But I'm wondering if he lucked into a good hand to call with. Hmm. Maybe. I mean, it would be really bad to lose to a bluff here. Yes, it would. And that's possible. It's possible, if but Kenny it, has sevens. It doesn't feel that likely. It's like sort of likely, but not really likely. I mean, Kenny might not feel the need to bluff, or he might think like, you know, you have a five sometimes, yeah. and I can just check it down and beat that five. And yeah. it's hard to come with other pocket pairs I'm beating. Turns out sixes is, is there. Yeah. But like, I guess if sixes are there, fours, threes, and deuces might be there too. They might be. And now we can come up with some stuff. And, you know, tens plus, like you said, are almost certainly a four bet. And yeah. Nines might be a four bet. Even eights might be a four bet. I'm Bryn Kenny. Yeah. Maybe. So then, like, sevens are an okay check back. Yeah. And then it isn't a bluff. And then yeah. a nine is an okay check back, too. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot going on in this hand. Yeah. There always is. There always is. Anyway, Chin calls, you know. Chin calls. Is right. Lucky for... Bryn Kenny, he finishes second. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. Chin does cash in the event, but like a min cash, right? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. He, he wins like $1.3 million. That's the min cash. Bryn Kenny does the very interesting thing of finishing second in the event and winning almost $4 million more than the guy who finished first. Right. Aaron Zay. So they made, a, they made a deal, obviously. They made a deal. I guess Bryn had all the chips when they made that deal, and they played for a little bit more. And then Aaron ended up winning. It must be. Yeah. I guess if you've watched this last, whatever the, the I think it's finished now. I think the, the last episode's come out, so we could actually see it, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. And I never will. You're, you're a let's, proud uh, man. Let's take a look at what the solver had to say. Yes. Solver time. This was uh, done by Wesley Cannon. If you want to see Wesley's full write-up, check out Discord. He's going to put it there. Uh, this is one of those spots where the solver is going to make my head all explodey. Like, oh, yeah. It's like confusing shit. Um, but let's, let's go chronological. Let's start with the, the flop. Uh, it wants Kenny to bet 83% of his range. Uh, the things that Kenny can check on the flop are king high, non-hearts, and some queen highs. Right. So I guess it's saying Kenny doesn't really have too many king queens in his range then uh, by the river. Right. I mean, he's got the king of hearts in his range. Right, yeah, because because that's the one he'll bet, but all the non-heart kings, yeah, right, uh, and it does want Chin to call with the range that Grant Dennison wanted to call. Yes, with. Yes, it really does. Actually, even even wider. Yeah, King Jack also. Well, all King Queens, not just the King of Hearts. Right, 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 and all King Jack. Yeah, so much wider actually than either one of us were. The solver is always wider. <laughs> indeed. All right, indeed. On the turn, it definitely wants to bring Kenny to bet his hand almost a hundred percent of the time. Um, it wants him to bet king queen plus for value. I'm really shocked. Like, I feel like tens is gonna gonna fold if you bet again. I don't really know why. We're trying to get called by king jack. Here? I guess. I mean, that's so thin. There's only there's not that many combos left. There's eight combos total. If we've got king queen, you know, like it seems like that's just too thin. The only thing that the solver wants to check back as Bryn Kenny are pairs that didn't hit the board. So queens minus, 
and uh, complete crap like ten nine of non hearts, like all of the non heart suited connectors. I guess some of the value in betting like a king queen here is um, we're charging the hearts. Yeah. Like, that is good. That's nice. But what about all the times he's got an ace? We're just charging ourselves, right? Yeah. Like, and hate our lives and all that. I guess we figure we're off. We're obviously checking back rivers if we bet a king on the turn. And we're calling a lot of bets on the river if a brick comes on the, uh, on the river. So maybe that's why. Seems thin. But this is what the sovereign wants to do. We don't have to do it. Thank goodness. Yeah. I don't want to. No. All right. Let's get to the river. Okay. Um, Kenny is supposed to bluff. Solver wants him to bluff. We got here this way. Mm-hmm. Okay. He can value bet as thin as tens, which is to your point of wanting to uh, call with jacks more than sixes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Although that's only one pip, but it still. Is. Six it help, it helps your It helps your case a little, yep. at the very least. Here's the explodey head part. Get ready. Because I'm not even sure if I'm going to remember exactly how this works. We're going to do our best. All right. We're going to do it together. So we were pretty clear that we thought it was better to call with two black sixes than if we had sixes with a heart. For sure. Yeah. It actually wants Chin to call with sixes with a heart, but not without a heart. Yeah. This is all based on the assumption that the solver would do is bet all flush draws as Kenny on the turn. Right? That's important. Because we know Kenny isn't doing that. But if it's solver versus solver, the solver is going to bet all of its flush draws from Kenny's position on the turn. Yep. That means... Um, that when we have a heart, we don't block things that we need to block anymore, right? That's kind of how it works because we end up having twice as many bluffs of 6x suited in Kenny's range with this line when we have a heart than when we don't because Kenny would have bet the heart on the turn and that's no longer an available bluff. Right, so having this heart in our hand is good to catch bluffs on the river, because he's got his suited sixes. He's got twice as many suited sixes. Like six, seven of diamonds. Right, that he was going to check the turn with, but now feels obligated to bluff the river with. He's got six, seven of diamonds and six, seven of clubs instead of just six, seven of diamonds. Right, and he doesn't have six, seven of hearts because he would bet that on the turn that's according the to the solver. So that's the thinking we think, Yeah, is that there's just twice as many combos of six X suited out there that Bryn is going to feel forced to bluff with some right. of the time. So that's kind of the head explodey part. And also, this is based on all of these very specific assumptions, which clearly in this case are wrong. But, but even if they're not 100%, even if, but Bryn's going to bet his flush draws a lot on the turn, we think. Yeah. Right? So, we can, so probably there's going to be more bluff combos of, for Bryn if we have a heart in our hand, which is an interesting thing that we wouldn't have thought. Right. right. So that's, that still goes to the solver's point. Yeah. Assuming Kenny pulls the trigger with those hands. Yeah. You know. Well, he, he did go for it with this hand, so... He did. So probably, although he took this a weird line with this hand anyway, checking the turn, betting the river, and yeah. being small. But, um, but I think we should assume he's going to do that at least some of the time he's Bryn Kenny. I mean, ultimately, in real life, though, I think I would expect Bryn Kenny to be more likely to bet 6-7 of diamonds on the turn than this hand. I think he, like, the reasons that you gave for him checking back on the turn are, make some sense. You know, like, we don't want to get blown off the hand, and we are deceptive now. We might be able to actually get some value on the river, whereas 6-7 of diamonds can just be a pure bluff. I mean, yeah, these guys don't really like making turn pure bluffs very much. They're not really into that. Yeah. They rarely do that, right? Um, once, they've, once they've bet and been called on the flop... He bets they, so small, though. He bets small, but still, it means that, you know, Chin has something, and, like, they almost always want to have equity of some sort, and 6-7 is a no-equity play. And yeah. The, like, you have to have some give-ups. That's often the ones you put in the give-up pile is the no-equity plays. I suppose. Anyway, head explodey. Yeah, some weird stuff happening up in this place. Yep, and uh, 
Now it's time for you guys to go be weird on your own because we're done. Music is my sunlight and all I need is one mic And I can show every single MC how it's done right Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not We got one life And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne And gonna be traveling the globe We still have time to make it home